Welcome to Acknowledge Dogs Podcast. It's Thursday, which means it is Theory Thursdays on Acknowledge Dogs Podcast. We're going to jump into and deep dive the complexities of dog training theories. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Theory Thursdays. We're going over the six fluencies of the behavior. We're actually going over only three of them today. And we'll be going over three of them next week, okay? But today, we're talking about the three Ds. The three Ds. Not the three DS, not Nintendo. We're talking about the three Ds. Distance, duration, and distraction. Did you know that? Did you know distance, duration, and distraction? Good job. I'm proud of you. You may have heard about it if you've done any type of dog training, or you've listened to the first podcast we ever sent out. Okay, there's the first podcast we ever did here on Acknowledged Dogs. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. We actually go over all six in that episode. But this episode, we're going to go in deep about the last three. Not the first three. The last three fluencies you need to work with. First off, what is a fluency? It's how we know a behavior has been taught to the fullest extent. Okay, it's a behavior and that we've known it's been taught to the fullest extent. If you have not gone through all six then you are not confident, or you cannot be confident, in the behavior being fluent. That's what it means. Right? Is the behavior fluent? Is the behavior capable under all of these conditions, in all the environments, and are they responding quality? All the good stuff that we need to know a behavior is fluent. You'll understand them when you listen to all six of them. So we have the three Ds, which are distance, duration, and distraction. Let's first talk about distance. There's two types of distance when we're talking about any behavior. There's distance before we add the cue and distance after we add the cue. The first one, distance before we add the cue, is kind of tricky. And it's literally what it means. Distance before, right? We're adding distance before we give the signal or cue. So if you were to do a down, okay, you'd add distance. So let's say, first off, you got to start in front of you. You just say down. There's zero distance there. That's zero. You are literally next to your dog. Now we say two feet later, right? You're moving away from your dog, and you tell them down. They should down at two feet from you. They should not run to you and down. That would be a recall and a down. They should stop what they're doing in that moment, down exactly where they are, because you didn't tell them to recall. You told them down, right? That would be a the, the wrong behavior. If they recalled first and then down, it's just not what you want. You want them to stop what they're doing and down immediately in that spot. If they got across the street, across the highway, because they got out, whatever, you want them to down where they are, right? You don't want them running to you across the street and then downing. So you practice adding distance before giving the cue. 200 feet, 300 feet, whatever it is, they down where they are. But you got to practice that. Start with them in front of you, then add 5 feet, 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, 100 feet, whatever it is. The second is having your dog down after the cue. I'm sorry, adding distance after the cue. That sounded weird when I said it, and <laughs> right? Adding distance after the cue. So you would tell your dog down, and then you'd add distance. You'd walk away from them. That's your stay, okay, which is just duration of behavior down now i walk and add distance they should stay exactly where they are they should stay in the down i have not released them from the down i haven't told them so to do something else i haven't recalled them they stay in the down while i add distance in any orientation under any condition 
So that's distance. Now distance is important before we start working on duration, and duration is important before we start working on distance. Because <laughs> think about it, okay? And we're going to go over duration in a second. But if it takes me 30 seconds to walk 100 feet from my dog and 30 seconds to walk back, I don't know if that's realistic even. Yeah, maybe. Let's just, let's just say I'm a really fast walker. I'm a really slow walker. I haven't timed myself walking 100 feet. <laughs> but let's say I'm walking two miles an hour. Yeah, okay. It takes me 30 seconds to walk 100 feet, whatever. I'm, I'm lightning or I'm a snail. I don't know. So <laughs> we put our dog into it down. We walk 100 feet. We go back towards them. That's now taken as a minute to walk 100 feet. But if your dog cannot down for a minute at least, they really should be able to do two minutes if you're going to leave them for a minute. Okay, because you're adding in a new variable and we not, we need to lessen the criteria for one when we're working on another. If they can't handle that time, they're going to get up and you're going to think it has to do with distance and really has to do with duration. So you got to work on duration. But you also can't work on du distance all the time without working on duration. Okay, so now let's jump into duration. Duration, kind of handed at it, is the amount of time your dog does the behavior from the end of the behavior until they get reinforced. Okay, that's duration. From the end of the behavior, meaning if they sat, right, it's not the movement of the behavior, but now they're actually in the sit position, how long will they stay in that sit position? From the end of the behavior, from the movement, the end of the movement, the end of the action, to now when they get marked and rewarded. Is it five seconds? Is it 45 seconds? Is it 45 minutes? Now the down is gonna be more stable. So a down is a lot easier for most dogs to stay in besides a sit. You need a lot of strength to hold yourself in a sit. Not you, but your dog. Okay. So the more you can strengthen duration, the easier it is to add distance. And the stronger you add distance, the easier the duration becomes. Right? If I can have my dog sit, and you can right, you can combine these. Let's say I put my dog into a sit and I walk a hundred feet out. Now, the entire time I'm walking to my 100 feet is added into the duration. But then there's a duration where now I'm staying at 100 feet for 30 seconds, and then I walk back in. That's training. That, that's part of it. Okay, that's completely separate. Me walking, turn around, and coming right back is different than me walking, staying there, and coming right back. Not only in a time standpoint, but also the fact that the variable has changed. The routine has changed. I'm not going out and immediately coming back. I'm going out, staying there, and coming back. Now, you could just go out 10 feet and add duration. You go out 100 feet and add duration. But the distance changes it. Can my dog stay there for a minute and a half when I'm 200 feet away? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't trained that. Okay. If you haven't trained that, then you don't know. If you have trained it, great. Then you know. Typically, my dog's never 200 feet away from me. Should I train for 200 feet? Absolutely. You should train for 200 feet as well in the event your dog ever gets to that distance. But I'm never going to let my dog get to 200 feet. I'm going to recall him back. And if you don't have a solid recall, then that's a problem. Okay, I don't, I don't know if I really know how far 200 feet is. <laughs> I might, right, I might have already trained 200 feet. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows because I didn't bring a tape measure with me. You should quantify these things, okay? You should definitely quantify these things. You should know for sure, for certain, I'm going to go out today and now I'm going to go practice 200 feet. We'll see how it goes. Coming to this realization at 7 o'clock in the morning while filming. 
I have not worked on 200 feet. I got to go find me a football field. I got to go put my dog in a sit and work 200 feet, which is exactly how you should do it. Go to a nice open field with a really long leash. In the event they get distracted and they take off, you have something to grab a hold of them. Okay, bring them back to where they were. You could use a place first, but I digress. Now we're just teaching about stay in, in fields. But that brings us to our third, which is distraction. Okay. And we'll take a quick break right here, I guess. I think that's a good time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about distractions. Hey, guys. I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. So we're talking about distractions now. Okay, we already did distance. We already did duration. Distractions is the last one of our three Ds. If you do not practice distance and you do not practice duration, you cannot practice distraction. It's just, that's how the cards get laid out. Okay, distance, duration, first. Because if I can't control my dog at 100 feet with no distractions, I'm not going to be able to control my, my dog at 2 feet with distractions. See what I'm saying? Right? If my dog can't sit for a minute and a half without distractions, there's no way he can sit for 30 seconds with distractions. Anytime we add a new variable, other parts of that behavior decrease. It's just, it's what happens, okay? If we were in a room and I told you to recite the alphabet, you're going to have no problem. You know the alphabet. You got it. Now, if I said recite it backwards, you're probably going to hesitate. Now, if this was your first time skydiving, and while we're falling, let's say you could hear me. I know you can't hear anybody when you're skydiving because of all the rushing air in your ear. But let's say you could hear me, and I said recite the alphabet. You're going to be confused for a second. You're going to hesitate. It's not going to be as smooth. And now if I told you to recite it backwards, you're definitely not going to be able to do it. Because your brain is focused on other things. Okay? Until you were able to do it forward and backwards under smaller distractions, number one, before we get to, uh, you know, skydiving. But with the confidence where you could do it at any rhythm, Right? You could do it to any song. A, B, C, D. Right, This twinkle, twinkle, little star. You do it A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Right, Any rhythm, any orientation, whatever it is. You knew every single alphabet in order, out of order, backwards, upside down, all the good stuff. Okay, You could do it saying each letter twice. A, A, B, B, C, C, D, D. Right? You keep doing it. Whatever it is. You just had confidence and flexibility in the alphabet. Then when we add in the distractions, it becomes that much easier. It becomes so much easier to do it when I ask you to do it at the boring level. A, B, C, D. Right? But the harder I make the alphabet for you by adding in those variables of saying it backwards and upside down and saying each letter twice, I should decrease the distractions and slowly build them back up. Each time I add in a new variable... I should decrease the distractions. So if we work really hard in making distance and duration good, when we add in those distractions, we can reduce distance and duration to quicken the process of learning, make your dog more successful, all the good stuff. So how does this, how does this 
pan out, right? You work in the house, you work in the backyard, you work in the front yard, you work at your friend's house, you work down at the local gym, whatever, the local dog park, you know, the field, and you're going to first work on duration or distance. Either one is fine. Some dogs, it's easier to work on duration first, okay, because then it helps you when you start to walk away because they know they should stay there for 30 seconds. You can walk away for five seconds and come back. If your dog is not particularly attached to you, you can instantly start working on distance, which is fine. It gives them something to focus on because you're moving. And then duration comes second. Distance and duration first. So you go to the dog park. You put your dog into a down because it's more stable. You're going to be outside the dog park. right? You don't want to be in the dog park because now you got a different variable of dogs climbing on your dog and jumping over them and barking at them because they're not paying attention to them. They're paying attention to you. So you put them into the down outside the dog park. You take two steps away, you come back, mark and reward. Two steps away, come back, mark and reward. You put your dog into a sit, two steps back, come back in, mark and reward, right? You're practicing two different behaviors at two different levels of distance. Now you put your dog into a sit, you count. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand, six, one thousand. You get all the way up to 30 seconds, mark and reward. Then you put your dog into a down, 30 seconds, mark and reward. You put your dog into a down, you walk 10 feet, you add 30 seconds. Come back in. Mark and reward. Now, this is a quickened process, but this is how it should look. right? I work a little bit of distance. I work a little bit of duration. I work a little bit of distance. I work a little bit of duration. Work a little bit of distance. Work a little bit of duration. And you do not go so far as to where your dog fails. If your dog fails, right? you tell them down, you take a step away and they jump up, you fail. Boom. Done. Go home. Hang up the leash. Put the treats away. You fail. You're done. <laughs> okay, make make it punishing for you to fail, whatever that means. Oh, now I got to put him into the car, and we we wasted the rest of our training session because you failed. You need to make it punishing for you to fail, and you need to make it rewarding for you not to fail. Right? What's rewarding for you? You keep training. You quicken the process of training. Right? Your dog understands things better when they don't fail. If you fail you're going to shut down a little bit. That's just what happens in life. And if I was learning the piano, and I'm singing Piano Man, okay, I don't know the Piano Man on the piano, but if I knew Piano Man on the piano, and I hit the wrong note, ah, sounds weird, sounds wrong, don't like it. But now i got to start all over playing the Piano Man. I can't just continue going. Sure, I could, but my confidence has kind of gone down a little bit because I hit that wrong note. So now all I'm thinking about is hitting the wrong note, hitting the wrong note, hitting the wrong note. So I'm going to hit the wrong note again. But if I slowly learn Piano Man, and I master each progression of piano man each bar each measure and i've mastered it and i know exactly where i'm going next which goes into back chaining which we'll talk about in another episode right if i know exactly where i'm going i feel confident in it then i'm not worried about hitting the wrong note i'm just enjoying playing the piano right now maybe you've never played an instrument so i'll give you another example okay let's say you work out you go to the gym and someone says, hey, we're going to bench 225. And you never have benched 225. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. You've never benched 225. You don't even know what 225 feels like. Okay? And they say, that's where we're going to start. We're going to go up from there, but let's start at 225, all right? And that's your, your training partner or your, your coach, whatever it is. So you get down. You put your hands on your bar. You pick it up. You go to bring it down, and you fail immediately. There's no way you're getting this weight up. You couldn't even really control it on the way down. So they help you. They put it back onto the bar. No problem. Now they say, all right, we're going to jump to 135. We're going to bring it down from 225 to 135. What do you now know? Number one, you're not capable 
of doing 225. That's all you're thinking about. I can't do 225. Why did that guy start with 225? I don't. I, why would he start with 225 if I can't do 225? I got stuck at. I'm, I'm stuck at 135. So now that's all you're thinking about. Now you know 135 is lighter than 225, but your reinforcement history says that you can't, or your punishment history says that you can't lift that weight. So you go to do the 135, and you're like, yeah, it's lighter than 225, but I couldn't lift 225, so I don't know if I can lift this. And you barely get through the 135. Now, let's take the alternative. You start with the bar, 45 pounds. You bench 45 pounds like it's nothing. You're like, all right, cool. Builds up your confidence. Slap on two plates. Now you start benching that. Then you get to 195, right? And you keep going, you keep going. You go, okay. And you slowly build your confidence, build your strength, build the technique, and you work up to 225. Now that is a lot better because you're going to get to 225 as a goal, feel confident in 225, and then push for higher, right? You can't get to 225 until you do the 45. So don't expect your dog to be capable of doing a lot of distraction work with duration and uh, distance until they can do distance and duration without distraction work, and whether they can do distraction work without distance and duration. Distance and duration just helps us, right? It's just like learning the techniques of benching the bar and how to count the plates and everything, right? You got to learn that first before you actually start benching 225. But the duration and the distance help settle our dog, help keep him focused for longer when we start implementing the distractions. So if they fail, you now fail as a team. You guys are a team. Your goal is to progress through life as a team. If you're not being a team, you're doing dog training all wrong. You guys are a team. Your goal is to reach your goals together, together as one, right? And you can't do that if you guys are at animosity. If you're pushing them to fail and they're asking you to clarify things, you're going to fail. You guys aren't on the same page. You guys be on, you got to be on the same page. Be on the same page with your dog and everything becomes so much easier. Okay. Those are the three D's. And it was a shorter episode today. That's all right. Don't worry. We got more for you. You can always go listen to more. Okay. If you're listening to this at two times the speed, you're going, you're, you're cruising by these. <laughs> okay. And I, I feel bad. I feel bad. Let me know if there are any guests that you want to have on the show and I will have them on the show. It's always nice to have a guest on the show because we end up spending a lot more time talking about things and, and questioning life. When it's just me, I'm just ranting to a wall. <laughs> I'm talking about everything I want to talk about, but I'm just ranting to a wall. I don't got any questions, right? Now, if you see these and you have questions, head over to our social media accounts, okay? Message me, comment on things, ask me questions. I love talking about stuff. I just had someone comment on something the other day, which a podcast will be coming about soon. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it, and I'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you think family or friends would benefit from what you heard today on Acknowledged Dogs, please share it with them. You can post it on Facebook. We are also on every social media platform, so make sure you tag us, Matador Canine. You can also head over to Matador Canine and schedule a free consultation to talk about coaching and reaching the goals with your dog and those problem behaviors. Reach the goals that you want and have the dog that always listens. Thank you.